Hello and welcome to Ads for Success podcast number four with me, Amanda Perry, agency owner, e-com coach, small business cheerleader, and now podcaster. This podcast is full of real life advice from pulling back the curtain on my agency and seeing firsthand what is working right now in the world of ads. I'll be bringing you interviews from e-com brands that are smashing it right now and hearing from the brains behind them how you can too and delving into the marketing ecosystem around your business that needs to be in place before you start sending paid traffic through to your site. In the same way you wouldn't build a house on sand, you need solid foundations to build, grow and scale your e-com store. We'll be exploring all of this and much, much more. Yes, sorry guys, ads are not a silver bullet. However, they do work for millions of businesses and they can work for you too. Full of practical advice, actionable tips and straight talking, no nonsense help to improve your e-com store, your bottom line and just maybe your life. Stick around and let me show you how. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or wherever you find your podcast. And if you enjoy the episode today, please do leave a review as it really helps other people to discover us. Today, I am absolutely thrilled to be speaking to Bree Reed from Snag Ties. You're going to hear exactly how their growth has come about, but I can tell you this is a company to watch. Snag are constantly in my Facebook feed. They have a fantastic product. I've never seen a single bad review on them, and I cannot wait to find out more from Bree. So without further ado, over to Bree. Okay, so I am delighted to be speaking to Brie Reed today from Snag Tights. Snag are one of those brands that I see everywhere on the internet, and I first got in touch with Brie because I was so full of admiration for the way that I just saw I just saw these ads that were just so well targeted, they just spoke exactly to me, which is what we all want to achieve with our ads. So thank you for joining me today, Brie. No problem at all. Thank you so much. Do you want to introduce yourself? Um, sure. So I'm I'm Bree. I'm founder and CEO of Snag Tights. Um, my background has always been in marketing, so um, understanding what the consumer wants and also listening to them are really core to to what I do. Um, Snag was started about 15 months ago. We went from um, zero standing start to 2.3 million in our first year and we've gone wow. from making zero pounds a month to we make about a million pounds a month now um, <gasps> which is crazy um, yeah in an insane um, 15 months it really has been that's absolute that's like mind-boggling I had no idea on those numbers is that that's worldwide yeah it's worldwide so we focus predominantly on the UK um, we, we're testing the US Europe a little bit and um, 
we're kind of crazy in Australia at the moment, um, which is brilliant. Wow. They've um, really embraced um, snag. Although apparently snags are sausages in Australia. Extra yeah. to the name there or something, but it doesn't. Yeah. But I guess it's it's their it's their winter, isn't it? So I suppose it makes sense that it would kind of it would be in those countries which are really like seasonal, like hot and then cold. It kind of makes sense, I suppose. Yeah, no, it definitely does. And it's nice for us to kind of find some counter cyclical things as well so you know it's great to have somewhere that that wants to buy winter tights in in our summer so we're we're very chuffed with that i mean not that we're actually having a summer but yeah <laughs> it's, it's nice sometimes and then horrible other times but i guess that yeah britain it's doing that thing where there's like a really nice week in april and then it's really sucky until september but yeah yeah hard, kind of hard for you to plan I guess so thank you for the intro so I'm really interested to find out how Snag came about I know as you say you've got a background in marketing and I really love this idea of like reverse engineering the business but when when we see people reverse engineer a business a lot of the time it's these kind of smash and grab businesses that they just grow really fast through Facebook ads and then no one sees them for dust and you've kind of reverse engineered this passion like amazing very deep um, very kind of brand led business so I'm really interested about that can you tell us a bit more about about how you reverse engineered it and what what the kind of process was there so I think for, for me it's a there were a couple of things leading up to it so I um, was walking down a, a street in in Edinburgh a really posh shopping street and I could feel my tights slip down eventually they slipped down so badly they were on the floor and I had to take them off in the middle of the street while like 200 people watched me and it was awful stories that then you tell people about and as I was talking to other people about it it turned out that nobody could find tights that fit and everybody thought it was just them so yeah you know they they thought they had a problem with it where actually tights were the problem not not people um then doing a little bit of a survey to understand the market i found out that 90 percent of women couldn't find tights that fit and 70 percent wow. of women said it would make their lives fundamentally better having tights that actually fit so i thought oh this is this seems to be a good opportunity then looked at the market size for tights internationally and it's um 38 billion dollars so it's a wow so you go 90% of people are unhappy with a market that is clearly broken yet makes 30 million dollars a year there has to be something here so that's really mm. you know where it started so it's a, a business that has a lot of actual you know real genuine scope as a business but it's also passion led and i think that's really really important because for me it isn't just about selling a product it's about changing people's lives and and that's what we do you know and and fundamentally our tights let people wear more clothes express themselves better we've got people who haven't worn dresses for 40 years that wear them now they make people's lives comfortable on a daily basis and it's that part of it which is really trying to do something that makes a difference to people's lives that I think makes a difference between you know a a good business and a a kind of flash in the pan really 
Yeah, I completely agree. And it's so interesting, isn't it, when we're looking at customer pain points and, you know, it's easy for us to say, like, our product changed people's lives. or And you think, well, I used to have a subscription box, which was baking kits. I'm like... Is it really changing people's lives? But the pain of tights that don't fit, like it's such a real problem, isn't it? I remember one New Year's Eve, but I just ran into Marks and Spencers because we'd gone away and I hadn't, I hadn't taken my, any tights with me. And I had to buy like four pairs just in case, you know? I was like, yeah. well, if these don't fit, I'll try these. If these don't fit, I'll try these. And yours are just... I don't even know how it took so long for this to happen. <laughs> I think that's that's one of the other things about this is, you know, it's a broken market. Tights were made by men and purchased by men at a kind of macro level with no feedback loop. So I don't think anybody ever knew that they didn't fit because nobody talked about it. You know, certainly the people that were buying it never had that feedback and that never got fed back to manufacturers either. So you had this kind of really, you know, negative loop around, you know, not having any feedback. So part of the things that that we do are actually collecting the feedback of our customers, listening to what they like about the fit and what they don't like about the fit and, and thinking of ways that we can make it better for them and talking to them about that. And I think that makes a, a big difference as well. And I mean, we still get emails of nurses mid shift will email us and go oh my god this is the best shift of my life because I haven't had to go to the bathroom every five minutes to adjust my tights and you're like oh it's just it's, yeah I mean which is incredible isn't it like you know all praise to you for like changing women's lives but I just cannot understand how it took so long and yet we carried on buying shit tights <laughs> like we just kept on doing it to ourselves because what what else you can do and we've got so many people as well that go you know I've, I've worn trousers for years I hate them they don't express who I am but I had no yeah. choice because I, I can't not because of the pain and you know chub rub and all of those issues and just yeah you know so it, it does make a, a big difference I think it's uh, yeah yeah it's a, an under it's been an undervalued market and an under looked at market I think in the past Definitely. It's so interesting. I find all that stuff just fascinating, you know, that you can just tap into something with a little bit. Well, you have a lot of marketing knowledge, but just a little bit of insight into how these things can work and size of markets and actually doing your research unveils this massive really really obvious problem and like you say I think it's so true that we all just think it's us don't we we're like oh I'm too you know my thighs are too thick or it's because I'm not a normal shape or you know we all just think it's us having that problem yeah and it's tights that were wrong not people and you know that's, that's a big part of we have a huge amount of body positivity messaging and I guess as a as a cause within SAG, and and that's a big part of it as well. Is you know, yeah. none of this is your fault. You know, stop thinking that you you know it's everything is because you're wrong. You're not wrong at all. The world is wrong. Um, and, yeah. You know, so we we try and and solve those issues at a wider scale as well when we can. I love that, and I think it's such a perfect storm, isn't it? When there's so much on body positivity and like Instagram and just gem- people's general kind of attitudes are, 
you know, oh my God, is it all right for me to wear a bikini if I'm not a size six? And this whole thing's kind of coming around now where people are proud and all your imagery is these really, you know, these, well, um, the, the ones that I see, the ones that are aimed at me are, you know, plus size women who are just so happy and so comfortable and relaxed and, you know, confident, aren't they? Yeah, so we, we try and be, we're a size inclusive brand. So, you know, right from a size six to a size 36, we try and show that the entire breadth of women, but it's really important for us as well that they're not, you know that they're real women so all of our our models right now are actually our customers so we we don't have any model models they're all customers that have volunteered to to be in our ads which is awesome great Um, yeah and it's important for me I think you you can get into this um kind of plus size headspace where you have you know slightly curvier models and you know they're still super unattainable and super super beautiful and they still make you you know you feel terrible about yourself and never yeah. wanted to get into that place so these are you know real types for real women and that's what we want to show in our marketing and we get a lot of a lot of flack um for some of the images we use on a quite consistent basis yeah. but you know we will stand the fight for those because you know why we have one for example where somebody's eating a cookie and we get it from every corner we get thin people going you know why aren't you showing a thin person eating a cookie? We get fat people going, you shouldn't show fat people eating cookies because everybody will think we eat all of the time. You know, we, we get all sorts of strange thinking around something as simple as someone eating a cookie while wearing tights. And we actually had to put an Instagram thing out saying, look, you know, everyone is allowed cookies, no matter their size, no matter their shape, everybody is allowed cookies there for everyone. Um, but yeah, we, we, yeah. we like taking those fights up as well. And I love that. And I think that loops back to the your marketing background as well. I speak to so many people who, you know, are kind of a bit afraid to put anything, not even controversial, but anything truly representative of their brand out there because they're scared of the comments and they don't want to offend people. And they, or oh, if I put this, people are going to put this rather than thinking, this is what we stand for and, you know, I'll back that up all day long if I have to. Because people are horrible on the internet, aren't they? They're vile. They, they can be. Yeah, I mean, we, we get about 400 to 500 comments a day and we answer every single one wow. of them. Um, because wow. that's, that's our pledge to, to our customers and our future customers and, you know, we will answer every one of your questions. And we get a lot of, a lot of, not a lot of negative comments, but we get some, but they tend to be, you know, you can see there from people's own kind of internalized, you know, fat yeah. or hatred or so we, we try and draw those out as much as possible. For example, we have a product called Chub Rub Shorts and the amount of people that go, why I won't buy them because you've called them Chub Rub. It's such a derogatory word. And we're like, well, you know, it's, it's what people call it. So we did a survey yeah. and it turns out that's what most people call it. So we call it that because it's what people use to describe it and ashamed of it and you get it because yeah you've got a little bit everybody has a little bit of chub around their thighs and they rub and it's as simple as that so we we have that discussion with people again and again which is we think it's a good name because it's representative and and what are you trying to hide calling something you know 
thigh chafing shorts exactly <laughs> yeah comfort. it's kind of reclaiming it as well isn't it it's i know you know a lot of um a lot of people do this with with different words in different kind of um niches of you know different groups but it's kind of reclaiming the word as well isn't it it's like it's what it is it's what it is and, and everybody gets it i mean super skinny people get chub rub guys get chub rub you know everybody gets it that's that's what it is and we'll call it that and we'll defend the fact that we we've called it that and you know if you if you don't want to buy our product because you're offended by the name go ahead and buy somebody else's less good product you know we, we don't know exactly. we're not going to change the name to to make you happy if you know what i mean exactly i can a trillion percent vouch for the product absolutely incredible like life-changing <laughs> Okay, so how I first came across one of your ads, and as I said at the beginning, it just spoke to me so perfectly. It was like, you know, like you were actually speaking just to me. And and ad because of the industry I'm in, and I'm, you know, I'm fascinated by ads, so I was looking at the targeting. And your targeting was just cake, <laughs> which I loved. So I put it straight in my group. I was like, guys, this is why you're overcomplicating it. You're looking at, you know, all these like really, really complicated targeting layers and stuff. Like just go for what people are interested in. Know your market. And so firstly, that's what made me first contact you to say like, absolutely brilliant. I just loved it. It was so simple and so clear. But how big a part of growing the brand have paid ads been for you? So they're, they're everything. So we, we started on, so we basically still only do Facebook ads, Facebook and Instagram. Um, and we, we spend a, a huge amount on them. We commit to spending that on a month in, month out basis. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, it's the heart of what we do, but it needs to be a continuous stream of being able to advertise. So we need to not burn people out. We need to have enough newness, but not too much newness that we're doing it for newness's sake. We need to, yeah. you know, keep engaging people on those platforms. And, and that's kind of what we do. It really is the heart of, of our growth strategy interesting and what so what metrics are you looking at i know everyone says oh we need roas we need you know what what kind of metrics are important to you when you're running ads so we take a, a super broad um view of of metrics so for me you can get lost in, in a huge amount of detail i think particularly mm. when it comes to facebook and instagram so we look on a daily basis what was our total marketing spend what was our orders is that cost per acquisition um, acceptable to us or isn't it where is it particularly high and where is it particularly low and then we concentrate on those areas um, and either try to to duplicate out and and work on the success that we've had or cut back the areas that are working less well or understand why they're working less well yeah. I mean we we yeah. the, you know overall we get about five times ROAS across our campaigns which you Fantastic. know I feel is is pretty strong um I used to run a Facebook agency and we had, you know, we had people that had better ROAS than that. Um, but mm. what we do, that's, you know, a relatively good place to be. We've got a pretty much a, a low basket price. So, you know, we don't have a lot of spend to work with to find the right people. No. And I imagine you've, you're, you're, you must have scaled that massively as well. So to achieve a fiver scale is, is fantastic. 
Yeah. So, you know, we do, we spend, um, you know, about 7K a day on ads at the moment. Um, so it's, it's a lot of, you know, it's, it's a lot of cash and yeah. working out new approaches for, for scaling and, you know, we'll continue to continue to scale, um, because we think there's a lot more, a lot more room there for us as well. But for me, Definitely. it's all about making sure that we don't hit those kind of burnout places and everything that we do is really evergreen and we don't bombard people with too much in terms of retargeting. So we um, we do very limited retargeting for a very short amount of time. Um, so we try not to piss people off. We also yeah. we don't do any email, so no email at all. Um, really? Yeah, not, Interesting. Not a single email. Um, and all what's the thought behind that, Brie? Because that's email something we're actually going really heavily into with a lot of our clients right now, just to extend that lifetime value. Um, basically, people people don't, or, or in our experience, when we talk to our customers, people don't read it. They're reading it at the wrong time. They don't particularly enjoy receiving it from us, and we don't want anyone to have those kind of negative experiences with us. So we encourage yeah. all of our customers to follow us on social. So when we have something new, we have something interesting to say, it will be on social, and that's where they can find mm. out about it in a time when they're relaxed. They're, you know, they're looking for things to to look for to entertain them. You know, it's in their kind of space, not us um, pushing it out to them. So, you know, we decided um, from day one that we weren't going to do email and that we weren't going to do anything that that pissed our customers off. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. And and again, I guess, comes back to that kind of deep market research and and something I'm a huge advocate of, of, which is just not doing stuff for the sake of it. You know, not not only not doing it because you actively don't want to do it because you don't want to piss them off. But if it's not something that works, don't, do, you know, people have these lists, oh, I've got to do this and I've got to do, I've got to have Twitter, Pinterest, you know, Facebook, Instagram, I've got to do ads and and they don't really understand what's working and what's driving that that revenue. It's the hidden cost of it. So right from the start, we decided we weren't going to do anything unless our customers asked for it. So mm. you know, nobody has ever come to us and gone, you know what, I would really appreciate you sending us a bi-weekly email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need a newsletter. <laughs> well, we did. We initially we launched on Instagram and we launched on Facebook and we had loads of customers that were like, we'd really like you to be on Twitter. So eventually we got on Twitter at the customer's request, not mm. because we thought that was a place to start. Um we also do the same with our website development. So we only add a new page in if the customers go, look, I would really like to find out more about this. And if we have lots of requests for that, then we'll build it in. We don't do anything yeah. that isn't demanded by the customer because that's kind of, it's wasted energy for us and something they don't want to look at. So we're very much led by <laughs> demand in terms of what we're, we're doing. And is, and so is that a, a thing that you have a structured feedback loop for? Is it just something you see through data or through like heat maps and that kind of thing? How does that work? So we, we look at all of the data on it. We also just we ask our, our customers a lot about, you know, what they're looking for. They email us and they tell us. So we just we do a lot of listening through every channel. Um, yeah. You know, as opposed to always structuring it, it really is just listening and understanding what you know what they want and and they will tell us people are very proactive around that as well 
Yeah, I mean, with that kind of growth that you've had, to to keep up with that granular level of feedback and and response to the feedback is incredible. What? How big is your team, Brie? How how big have you grown the the, the team to? We've got twelve people at the moment. Wow, that's fantastic. That's um yeah, that's quite some growth. That's that's really really fast, isn't it? Um, okay, so one thing that really frustrates me and um, the audience know and people in my world know is how f- people sell and, you know, these gurus kind of sell Facebook ads as this silver bullet or this code that you have to crack or, you know, something that's just going to work for you overnight. How I went from zero revenue to, you know, 100 grand overnight kind of thing. Oh. I'm a really big believer that if you don't have the the foundations in place particularly for e-com but for any business no amount of paid traffic is going to help you know it's just going to exacerbate your problems so what's the approach to snag in terms of the marketing ecosystem around it i know you said you don't do emails but how do you approach kind of bolstering up that paid traffic so it's not all you're relying on so for for us it's you know it's understanding the actual marketing basics of what happens so you know at a top level people need to find out about us and we do a little bit of pr and we do paid ads and and that's that kind of function from that top part then we hope they kind of you know they they work down they investigate us a little bit maybe they'll follow us on a social channel you know and we can talk to them that way as well and then as they're you know researching what other people think of us maybe they're you know talking to their friends maybe they're getting recommendations those ways then they'll kind of eventually drip down onto the website and then we'll talk to them on the website about actually why they they want our product so for me it's not I get really weirded out when people are like, oh, my Facebook audience does this or my Instagram audience does this or the Google people I get in do this. I'm like, it's all the same people. Like we forget that in marketing. It's all just the people. And then the different things that they go to talk to them in different ways. So that's the way we try and think about it is who is our audience? How do we reach them via these different channels and these different times in their life? But we don't think about them as separate audiences. We think about them as as one group of people. And how do we reach them? Where do we get to that top level? And how do we bring them through that that kind of process as they get to know us better? So for us, it's really a series of conversations is the way we think about it. So it's backwards and forwards. It's all about, you know, us saying something to them. And, you know, if you've got an ad with low response, effectively that's them saying I'm not interested in what you have to say so you need to say something better you need to do it in a better way it's not a trick it's all a communication process yeah so so your funnel is really just bringing people at the top through PR and ads and then making sure you've got that sort of contextual content all the way through that you're having the right conversation at the right time on the right platform. Exactly. And being available for them to, you know, if that means they want to talk to us, you know, actually they need to ask a personal message to us and and we're going to answer it, then yeah, we're, we're going to do that. And, you know, everybody's different in the way that they buy and we want to be able to engage with them in that way. And very few people will go through an entire buying journey without actually wanting to have a genuine one-to-one interaction with the brand. And if they want to have that with yeah. us, then we're there to, to have it with them. 
Yeah, and I think that's that's so genuine as well, isn't it? Whenever I see your ads, you have so many amazing comments on there and there's always a response and it just really, you know, when you compare it to these companies, these kind of smash and grab companies, as I call them, that set up just to sell through ads and, you know, they, they're kind of like not very consistent with that and there's always a, a smattering of like bad comments and I think you you are very, very genuine in your approach to that. It's obviously not just a, we want to be seen to be doing our bit, you know, you obviously really care about that that customer interaction we do and I think for me that's interesting that you use that that kind of choice of words so through my entire career I've heard people all the time saying we need to be seen to be doing this and for me that's always a massive red light because you're like either do it or or you don't like there's there's no I need to be seen to be doing this it's completely disingenuous so yeah you know we we do we do what we we should be doing to understand our customers we we interact with them because they're our customers and we want to have them not just for the first purchase of tights that they have but for every purchase of tights they ever make again and that means a commitment from us to them as well and we can't expect people to buy without that commitment from us which we we got yeah and and I think that can only come because you have complete confidence in the product and the marketing and your team and it's it really is like the whole package isn't it you can't you can't commit to have an amazing customer service if you've got a shit product can you no you can't and and for us the the product is really the heart of it and I think you know the, yeah. the product is is right and we're happy with the product and then so we're a completely virtual team. We don't have an office. Um, we all work from all areas of the globe. We've got people in um, Spain. We've got people in China. We've got people in Inverness. We've got people, you know, down south. We've got, you know, all sorts of different um, locations. We all work virtually through WhatsApp and we love working together and we love our customers and we love being able to share that stuff. And because we have such a huge amount of freedom in the way that that we work you know people work Mm. they want to when they're they're passionate about it and I think that makes a a big difference as well is that everyone's almost always top of their game rather than being dragged into the office at nine o'clock on a Monday morning when you don't want to be there you know it's so true. It's, I mean, there's there's a couple of things there. The fact that you've grown as much as you have done with a virtual team, I think is just absolutely incredible and just hats off to you. Um, we work flexibly as well. We, we do have an office, but we're generally only here two or three days a week. And I think that freedom's just, uh, well, A, I think it's really important. And B, I don't really want a team that I can't trust to to not for me to not watch over what they're doing you know eight hours a day or whatever it is I I just find we get so much more not just it not in terms of time but in terms of productivity by just having that like human approach to it I think so and, and you know people always go to me but you know if you're not watching them how do you know they do work and I'm like because the work gets done you know yeah it's like yeah and you, have, and you have processes and systems in place that make sure it does you don't you don't grow as much as you have by accident do you no and and I think that's a that's a really you know it's a really key thing for me as well is just that 
you know, we grow because of the hard work that everyone's done and everybody's super passionate about what we do. And we give people the space to execute on that passion. And that's not me going, you know, what did you do today? Um, did you complete all your work? That's, you know, asking people, are the customers happy? You know, did we have a good sales day? You know, did we get great yeah. feedback? You know, those are the things that are important to the business and everybody's motivations align with them. Definitely. Those, those like key metrics that we've started having like six month planning days, then 90 day planning days down to months and then weekly so that we're just always working towards those goals. Obviously, you've got client work going on alongside that, but our our sort of business goals and our projects we're very much checking in on like a daily, weekly basis, not on have you done this, have you done that, but are we on track to achieve this? Have we all done our bit to achieve that? Yeah, and do you need any help? And I think that's a big part that we all we all get overwhelmed sometimes, you know, and, and stuff is hard. And a big part of what we do is people going, look, I don't know what to do here, or I tried this and it didn't work. Does anybody have any ideas? And exactly being able to be there to support people through that process is really important and it's you know it's nice for it to be so collaborative but doing it virtually as well means that people will contribute when they get to it and when they're in the right headspace so I always feel like the contributions are really well thought out and they are mm. you know, absolutely the best answers that you could get from someone where, you know, if you grab them over a water cooler and ask them the same question, you probably wouldn't get as a thoughtful and detailed and, and well-developed response. I absolutely agree. Or like, you know, can I have five minutes in a meeting room? It's like, oh God, what have I done? You yeah. know, yeah, I t- I'm, I'm with you. I have very, very similar approach. Um, okay, so you're going to love this. So I mentioned in my Facebook group that um, I was speaking to you today and I actually asked for questions, but I didn't get many questions. I just got people saying, so the first one was, oh my God, I love them so much. Their tights fit me great and the chub rub shorts are good too. I really like their affordable price and discount structure. I reordered a couple of times. I'll go back again this autumn winter for more. The ones from the high street just don't fit if you're not a standard shape. Someone else said, funny you say that. I was literally just about to order some. Someone else said, oh, they're on my podcast list too. I love them. (laughs) Uh, So I said, great, guys, but have you got any questions? So someone said, can you ask if they'll bring out some more colors, maybe some pastels? How do you choose your colors? Also tell them that their tights are the best ever. They saved me from boring black maternity tights when I was pregnant, would they consider bringing out any specific maternity tights, chub rub shorts, etc.? Oh, that's that's amazing. So firstly, yes, we're, we're investigating a maternity range at the moment. Um, so we'll have that and also snag kids as well. So um, wow, which has been heavily requested. Pastels, we're on it. Um, we, we've got pastels in the works. Um, so we'll be launching some more of those colours um, probably just after Christmas now. Um, some great colours. Yeah, yeah, because your colours are all quite like mustard, like sort of um, mustardy. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got lots of we've got lots of bright colours as well, um, but we don't have a lot in the pastel line. Um, yeah. So there's some really exciting new products that we'll we'll be launching as well for for winter, which we're super psyched about, and I get to try all the flights early so I'm always like yay oh my god is there any 
Is there any teasers we can have or is it strictly under wraps? Something very cosy is coming. Very, very cosy indeed. Oh, I love cosy. I love cosy. And then the last one was, I love them. I have quite a few pairs of their tights and the shorts. I love their body positive marketing too. I read a while back they don't do any email marketing. Can you ask if this is true and if so, why? It's quite an unusual decision for an online business. So we've already covered that, haven't we? But it's really interesting that you know, it is an unusual decision, isn't it? Most people are like, you should get 30% of your revenue through your list. You know, you need to build your list. You need to own that customer journey. So yeah, I mean, we've already covered that, but everyone, you know, no one had a bad comment. So I mean, that's incredible, isn't it? Behind closed doors where even if there was a bad comment, I probably wouldn't read it because it's not appropriate, but there wasn't a single one. Everyone just loves your product. Oh, that's lovely. That's so lovely to, to know. I mean, I think for us as well, in terms of the way that we think about marketing strategy, we, we kind of have this saying, um, which is Tom's our, our ops director. His saying is, if you if you want to do extraordinary things, then you need to be extraordinary so yeah we don't do ordinary things we try not to copy other businesses we try you know not to implement things that have already been done we try and think about things afresh like we were doing it for the first time and making those decisions that way and that was really why we made that decision around email as well is just you know why would we use a channel that people don't like to receive communication on why would we spend all of that energy creating you know huge amounts of emails that nobody ever reads and it it becomes this kind of cycle and we were like actually why do we just not doing it it's the same way we um we don't ever discount so we've got our standard discounts on the site and those are the only ones we'll ever do so we don't do any days where the product is half price we never do any sales we never do anything like that we operate on a on a razor thin margin which is why we can offer such good prices and we can offer those volume discounts but we don't have any margin to do any more than that so we just don't so you know yeah. everybody knows that they get the best price of their snags whatever day it is it, it doesn't matter yeah. we don't need to wait exactly and I think that's so like they are so affordable aren't they you would expect you expect to see these um businesses that cater for I'm saying unusual in like air quotes but you know the plus sizes and you have this sort of plus size tax don't you you always expect it to be more expensive um and I think everything that we've talked about is all you know the the sort of common thread is this transparency and just just being nice isn't it like you're just really nice to your customers your branding everything that you put out is just nice and friendly and positive and and good yeah and that's that's what we want to be so it's what we are so we we just try and show that as much as possible and and talk to people about it as well. I mean, we, we regularly, we regularly muck up and, you know, we, we haven't ordered enough of something or something goes wrong. And when it does, what we do is we, you know, we talk to our customers straight away. We go, hey, guys, this is what's happened. We're super mm. sorry. We make sure we make it right for them. You know, we give them more than they would expect because we are genuinely sorry about it. And we tell them how we're not going to muck up like that again. And then, you know, that's, people tend to be absolutely amazing because we've been straight up with them about it. We've done it as quickly as we know about it. And that's the way that we think of ourselves as a, as a co-owned business. 
you know, yeah. between us and the customers. You know, we would be nothing yeah. without them. Brilliant. I think, yeah, I had, I think I ordered some at Christmas and I I just, it'd been a, you know, a few days or I think it, yeah, it'd been a few days and I just emailed saying, have these like, have they got lost? Are they on the way? And just got the most amazing response back. That was, you know, almost just like a note from a friend. It was just like, I'm so sorry. We are so busy. We're, you know, it's taken a couple of days longer than usual, but I promise they'll be with you. And, you know, it was just such a nice interaction that made me just left me with such a positive experience of the brand that's really good to know yeah that's what we try and do because all of our, our customers are are like our friends and yeah you know, and and they are you know the reason that this has been a success so we we try and keep them as up to date as possible and you know and, and if we do something that's wrong we'll, we'll make it right because that's just the, the right thing to do yeah yeah, no, I love it. It's incredible. So a couple of last questions. What um, what this is going to be, well, I would imagine this would be quite hard to answer because it would be for me, but what one thing did you do that you would say had the biggest impact on growing snag? Whew. You know, <laughs> it's an interesting question, but I think the biggest one is just not being too scared. And I think you see people back away from growth all of the time because it's, it's hard and it requires a lot of effort and you need to be on it every second of the day and you don't get a break from it and it's relentless and it's easier to take a little rest and step back and sit on your laurels for a little bit but if you really want to grow you need to push all of the time it needs to be day in day out you don't get a break from it and it's scary but you need to to live through that that fear. You're on that absolute edge, and and that's if you want to grow, where you have to stay. And it's not for everyone. You know, everyone in their heads would love a fast growing business, but a lot of people find that pressure too much. And I think mm. it's, it's just knowing that about yourself. There's there's no right or no wrong there. I think it's just some people can do it and and other people find that just too overwhelming and you need to be honest with yourself about where you sit from it and if you really want to go after it then you need to properly commit to it Mm. and not everyone wants it do they not everyone wants a you know 12 million pound business even in in their head they might think they do but not everyone that's not the goal for everyone you know it's 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 not easy, like you say. It's a full time commitment, isn't it? More than full time commitment, particularly managing a virtual team and managing that that rapid growth um, is it's stressful. It is. It's stressful, and it, there's lots of you know there's great high points. And I think in the previous businesses I've run, I've never celebrated the good things that happen enough and for me in this business it was really important that we didn't do that so we celebrate when good stuff happens because it doesn't happen twice and otherwise you miss the moment and it's really important to take the time to to you know be happy when great stuff happens but you know an equal amount of hard stuff happens and you need to be prepared for that absolute roller coaster and yeah you know and and as I say it's it's what is looking at at what you really want from your life you know and and making sure that that if you do want a fast-growing business that really is part of it and if you're somebody that 
loves your relaxing time and you know you want to spend more time with your your kids or outside with your hobby and you know it's probably not something you're going to be able to do you know yeah but if you're prepared to go look I'm going to put everything on hold and, and my entire family is going to is going to support me in this, you know, and, and everybody around me will commit to it too, then it's something that you really can go for. Mm, so interesting. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, when they think they want that growth, they aren't necessarily prepared to do to do what it takes, not just in terms of the commitment, but, you know, the ad spend. Like, yeah. you you don't I achieve that's that really growth true too. without... Ooh. Yeah. We get a lot of or a lot of people talk to me and they're like, how, you know, I'm, my business isn't growing. And I'm like, are you growing your ad spend? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, how do you expect it to grow? Like, yeah. I know it's scary to commit that amount of money every day. But if you're not prepared to commit it, you're, you're not going to grow. You, you can't no. you can't let that fear seep in. You need to be brave enough to put that spend out there. And, you know, yeah, you're right. You might waste it that day, but you might not and if you're not prepared to do it then again you know you're you're gonna struggle yeah and I think that's that's going back to the reverse engineering thing as well that's what I love so much about snag and about your story is you know that is the angle you came at it from you really really understood that before almost before you well before you found the problem it's just this perfect storm of I know how paid ads work. I know how I can grow a business. And I found this real problem that really, really needs a solution with a huge market to sell to. It's almost, it was almost just like worlds colliding, I guess, wasn't it? It really was. And I feel incredibly lucky to have all of that stuff happen in together in the way that it did. Um, but I think mm. right, it's, it's no one part to it. It's, you know, product market fit it's you know good marketing it's you know great customers and supportive customers it's having an amazing team and family around me that that can support it and you know it's all of those things that that make yeah. it work it's fantastic I don't I know you use the word luck there but I don't think there's an awful lot of luck you've obviously worked very very hard <laughs> so what is the one takeaway that the audience can learn from your journey so my audience are largely small businesses passion businesses e you know e-com startups what's the one takeaway that they can learn from your journey that they could implement or they could action today and put into their business so I would really say start actually talking to your customers and remembering their people. And I think that for me is, you know, it's so important. And you've got customers out there, you've got people engaging with your your brand. And, you know, if you start talking to them about what they want, what they like, what they don't like, and actually considering them, you know, as, as fully flung human beings, not a visit from Facebook, you know, it's not a visit from Facebook, it's a person. Um and start to, to ask those questions and engage with them. I think it really helps you shape your brand. And as part of that, I think it's also not being precious around what you think your brand is, because your brand is really the people that use your product or your service. And you yeah. find so many people that, you know, for, for the time I was a consultant, you you would go out and people, you'd go, so who who's your customer? And they'd be like, oh, you know, it's it's millennials that have, you know, high expendable cash. And you're just like, is it? Is, is that really it? Do you know that? Or is that who you want it to be? Um, yeah. So I think it's, it's being realistic with yourself about who your customer is and embracing them. Yeah. 
Excellent. I love it. I absolutely love it. Thank you so much for your insight, Brie. Where can people find you if they want to find out more um, about you and your journey and the, the brand? What's the best way to do that? Um, the, the best way to, to do it is to follow follow us on Instagram or follow me on Instagram. I'm Brie from Snag on Instagram. Um, there's also, I'm always around LinkedIn as well. And Snag Tights is our Instagram handle, which has the most up-to-date information about the brand at any time. Brilliant. And we'll link to that in the show notes as well so that everyone can come and find you. Brie, thank you so much. I'm going to let you go. You're an incredibly busy lady. You've got tights to sell. Um, thank you so much. Honestly, your insight and your kind of transparency and generosity with your knowledge is really, really appreciated. And thank you so much for asking such great questions and for wanting to speak to me at all. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. I'll speak to you soon. Good luck. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, wow. (laughs) That was mind-blowing. I am so pumped after talking to Brie. What an incredible story. That growth is just unimaginable. And yet again, Brie's telling us that, you know, it's really important to stick your neck out there in terms of building your business through ads. There, There is no better way to build your business. Yes, seven grand a day, these kind of budgets that she's talking about are a lot uh, out of a lot of people's reach. But there's no reason why we can't take the, the tactics that Bree's using about really understanding her customer, but driving that growth through her ads and apply it to our own businesses. So I really hope you enjoyed the chat. Stick around for more. There's going to be loads more interviews like this coming up. And I'm going to pop in the show notes links to all of Bree's um, socials so you can go and follow her. Tell her how much you enjoyed the show and just what an absolute inspiration she is. Thank you again for listening. I'll speak to you next time. Bye.